0: Good morning, uh, Redeemer friends and family. Um, We've got a a bit of a treat for you this week. Um, Mitch and I were talking our our 21 days of prayer that we had originally called uh, 21, 22-ish days ago when um, the elders met and prayed and, and just felt the call from the Lord to... To jump ahead on those 21 days leading up to Palm Sunday, which was yesterday, um, and uh, of course, uh, a lot has even changed since we were, since we were there. And so as we continue the social distancing, um, we don't take a break um, relationally. it looks differently, yes. And of course, we don't take a break um, with God's word and with prayer. And so as we're in Holy Week or Passion Week, you know the, the final week. Remembering the final week that Christ uh, walked among us uh, before the, you know, the crucifixion and resurrection, uh, we thought we would just walk through briefly um, each day uh, of Holy Week. And so, you know, yesterday was Palm Sunday, and so we have the triumphal entry. That's where the palms come from, right? And, and they get, he gets on the donkey, Jesus does. And the people are shouting, Hosanna, Like save us now. God has come, the Savior has come, and he's come for us. And so, that's Palm Sunday. Well, then the next day, Monday, um, something pretty wild happens. And I want to read it for you. I'm just going to point out a couple interesting and I think important parts to it, and applicable. And then... um, And that'll just kind of be our our morning, our day together whenever you're watching this. And so I hope that um, you'll just find this not only interesting, but uh, applicable to our lives as we're remembering Christ this week. So I'm going to read from uh, Matthew 21, verse 12. If you want to follow along, you can pause me and turn there or uh, just listen and I'll I'll read it to you. um, This section here says, then then Jesus So the next day, right? Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all those who were selling and buying in the temple courts. This is known as Jesus cleansed the temple, right? And there's, there's a whole lot that we know about this, but maybe some parts that we're less familiar with or just haven't thought of it in this way, kind of what he was really doing um, and how it differs from our anger, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. It says, He turned over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, It is written, my house So God's house right? So this is major what he's doing here And it's going to lead to you know, The crucifixion My house will be called the house of prayer That's a direct prophecy A messianic prophecy From the Old Testament book of Isaiah Chapter 56 verse 7 They would have known this They would have known exactly what he was saying So we read and say Oh nice he's quoting scripture Oh yeah Yeah the temple's sacred right Yes it was more than that. He say, "My house, I am God. What do you do with my house?" And look at the next line here. And you are, t- but you are turning it into a den of robbers. Another prophecy, this time from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter seven, verse eleven. This is a major calling out, an indictment on the religious leaders of the time. Like, look what you've done to God's house. You not only are not treating it sacred as, as you ought to, as you've been instructed, your role is to do. You've made it a den of robbers. People are, are buying and selling. Like, you've commercialized God. And you've commercialized me, Jesus is saying. So this is, this is a big deal, right? Verse 14. The blind and lame came to him in the temple courts, and he healed them. Whoa! Right? These people weren't, they weren't ceremonially clean. They weren't fit to be in the temple. They weren't fit To worship God Through the proper channels That were all run by the religious elites This is major And when the chief priests And the experts in the law Saw the wonderful things I love how Matthew put it Matthew, one of the disciples, he's there The wonderful things he did And they heard the children crying out Good crying In the temple courts Hosanna to the son of David they became indignant. May we search our hearts, those of us that know God, those of us that may know a thing or two about the law. And may we see others, perhaps worshipping differently, perhaps worshipping with more freedom, and not become indignant. Verse 16, they said to him, Do you hear... What they are saying About you Like this is not How we do things Around here And Jesus said to them Yes Have you never read Out of the mouths of children And nursing infants You have prepared praise for yourself Hey Let me tell you Not only had they read what he just said They had it memorized Jesus quoting David King David Psalm 8 the 8th Psalm verse 2 Every single person who heard him say that Knew it Had memorized They loved those words They desired a day When those words would be true And they hoped to see it in their lifetime And then it's standing right in front of them God himself right in front of them And they say, nah, this is not. This is not how I thought it would look and so, you just, you can't, we're not going to change that. And leaving them, verse 17, last verse here, Jesus went out of the city to Bethany, that's this small town village, really, right outside of Jerusalem, and spent the night there. And so that's, that's Monday. Jesus packed a whole lot into um, that Monday of Holy Week. And it causes us to think. You know, put yourself in any certain person in that story. I I, I love to do that with with most Bible stories, especially something like this. Imagine you're a money changer. Like, your whole business just got upended by God, right? Or you're one of the religious leaders, and you have to really come to the spot between you and God, vision up and vision in of, whoa, is this my kingdom under the guise of God's, or am I really going to submit to God? And most of them didn't. But what about you today? And then maybe you're one of uh, Jesus' disciples. Be Matthew, whomever you want. You could be watching this and say, Hey, all right, this is what Peter's take. Like, let's go to war, right? I got my sword, let's go. And so many believers today and throughout the last 2,000 years have succumbed to that, of, of worldly power, trying to usher in something good, but not so among us. Just before this, you've got uh, the mother of James and John saying, hey, Jesus, hey, can my son sit your right? I mean, I, you've got a right, you've got a left. Uh, I've got two sons. The math checks out. And Jesus says, not so among you. And then it's funny, the disciples got indignant. Right? So we're capable of this. Because you're a father of Christ, you are not immune to the, the struggle in this world and of our flesh and to, to be something great. No. The least of these will be elevated and lifted up. And so as we spend this week just worshiping God, like He came for us despite our sin, as we spend this week looking inwardly as as David did, Lord, search me and know me and know my heart. May I not be proud like the religious elites. But may I not succumb to sin and try to force something that God is doing something else. I just want to understand what that is better. And know Him and love Him more. And so that's our word for you, for you from today. Um, we're going to walk through this um, each day of the week. So I hope you'll, you'll join us. Keep tracking with us. Please let us know what you can do. And listen, do not go to bed angry. And if you feel angry, like this is the righteous anger of Jesus, you are not. And I am not. And listen, anger is like my primary emotion. Like I'm happy and I'm angry. That's, that's Carl. Very simple we are not capable of the righteous anger of Jesus. Just not. So better to love, better to be loving, to pass on love, and to just keep our eyes fixed on Christ and follow Him. So this week especially, let's be in the Word, let's be in prayer, and let's do it together in this, this new current normal. Alright, God bless you. Have a great day.